and welcome back to Rebel Drums. High School Musical 2! The, the best High School Musical, in my opinion. I mean, it just is. <laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I've not seen the third one, but it's better than the first one. I've seen the third one once and I remember it being crap, but I don't actually remember what happens in it, so... Maybe I'll be surprised when we come to it, but we'll see. I've seen it once, I remember it being... Yeah, right. you seen it once? Alright. with me. Maybe twice. I, th- I remember it being alright, though. Um, I, th- I think it's... My my thing with the High School Musical movies, well, the first two anyway, because I've not seen the third, is that the first one has a really kind of shaky plot and story, but a, a soundtrack I really like. And it's directed quite nicely. I, compared to the other decoms that we've watched. I suppose watched it's not standout when you're watching it for the first time, because um, it's like any other film. And then... I always see High School Musical as a bit of a flip reverse of that, where I think that the story's a little bit more solid and a bit easier to kind of digest, and the soundtrack I don't like as much, but I think that's more just because I didn't grow up with this soundtrack. I was about 22, I was 22, 23 years old when I watched High School Musical 2 for the first time, maybe even 24. I think it's the summer of 2018. Yeah, summer of 2018, so that was, yeah, I was 24. Um... I think that was the first time I ever watched it properly. I mean, I knew, like, Bet On It and the one that Gabriella does. Is it Gotta Go My Own, go my own Way. Solid yeah. song. Um, <laughs> uh, but and ever since then, it's just kind of like... It, I'll see it come up in a meme, and I'll go, oh, yeah, I've seen that movie, and then I'll share the meme, and then I'll go, see, look, I've seen this. Like, the other day, there was one where it was like, oh, my God, these teens got together and had a big summer party, total disregard for social distancing, and it was just the end scene of High School Musical, where they're all, like, doing the big panto stuff. But, no. um, What you just described basically sums up Twitter at the moment. See a meme, retweet it, I've watched this movie. Yeah. Maybe the world would be a better place if that's all that Twitter was for. But um, Instead of just, no, it's just a weird platform for politicians to... Tote themselves off and journalists to annoy people, but um, Jake, you have obviously seen the youth by the sounds of things, you've seen this way more than me and Andy have. Not really, no, I've only seen it two or three times, okay. But it just always stands out the, the, the memory that I have, I know the soundtracks of this film so well mm. because the main memory I have of this is when I was like um, 15, 16, my cousin who is called Abby, she's like 18, 19 now, so she'd be very embarrassed by the story she was ever listening, <laughs> but when she was like six or seven. Um, we'd be like driving to go on holiday camping with my uncle Max in the car and this would be the only soundtrack for like three or four years of her life that she would play in the car so like <laughs> I know it so well purely because I've listened to the High School 2 musical soundtrack over and over again in the car and can I say this is purely one of the best Disney films and also one of the best High School, mu- the best high school musical film purely for the reason that Fabulous is a yes which is just... I <laughs> oh, see. Fabulous was always my least favourite song. You yeah. are just, wrong. Just shut up. You, you are, are just wrong. wrong. I'm not wrong. I just don't like it. <laughs> but, well, I have yeah. a question for Andy. Mm-hmm. What do you think's going to happen? Yeah, because we always used to ask Noah this. And, and, yeah. yeah, tables have turned. Well, I assume... <laughs> they didn't actually do the musical last time. Well, that was my... Well, I'll talk more about that, but my, my big weird point of confusion I was really thrown by was that there was no high school musical <laughs> in high school musical and I was like what? Well, the musical was that it itself was a musical? Yeah. yeah. So about a musical? Yes. Oh, well yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> was it really about a musical? Because it was a callback or a musical. So okay. for what I assume yeah. So they should call it callback high school musical. <laughs> I've heard the word musical so many times that it's lost all meaning. High school musical callbacks. That's they're what all, it should be called. They're all I guess sort of the same age so I'm guessing this is like the next year or the next term even mm-hmm. and they're doing the musical now. I assume relationships will advance to the next stage, as they Say were. Um, <laughs> so I assume that 
characters will face challenges they didn't face in the first one. I don't know. I'm just kind of guessing it will be like a standard. What happens in a sequel where like it all gets a bit more. Serious, Andy, I'm, I'm not going to keep up. the lie going any longer. You're way off. <laughs> You're way off. Yeah. The third film is about the musical. Yeah. That's, that it finally happens in the third film. Yeah. All I can think of really is that it will be like. Um, more about Troy and Gabriella, like and like their relationship yeah, because that seems to be the thing that needed more focus in the first one yeah ish well the thing Many is other things also. you've got to remember as well that the, the standard characters in the first one weren't Troy and Gabriella they were you know Chappé well I think Brian what they'll definitely the want to do is humanise those characters a bit more and um, what's, what was the name Chappé and Brian I think they'll kind of maybe bring them out of their box a little bit more and involve them a bit more um, if there's no musical in this one then I have no idea in terms of plot What's going to happen? Okay. Um, yeah. The only thing I know about this film, and it's not even a thing I know about it, it's just because I haven't even seen the scene in context, is I've seen a song, I think from this one, because it wasn't in the first one, where Troy is running about like a golf course or a field or something, <laughs> and Let It Go is put over the top of it, because yeah. yeah, yeah. it's exactly the same yeah. as Let It Go. Yes. That's all I know. I don't know anything about it at all. My kind of concern slightly with this one is that maybe what will happen for me with the first one will happen, which is that I kind of, like, was a little bit underwhelmed, and my hot take on the first one is, like, I think you sort of had to be there. Mm-hmm. Like, me watching mm-hmm. it for the first time as an adult, I just kind of didn't really get what was so special about <laughs> it, to be honest. But you all seem, well, apart from Rob, you, you both seem sure that the second one is better. So and I enjoyed camp. the first so, one. It is more camp, I think that's what it is. Ah, well, <laughs> I love some camp. So, um, I'm looking forward to it. I just don't know what to expect at all. I have a fun fact, by the way. Um... The guy that plays Thingy's dad in Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off is in this film. Oh, which thing? I spot him, but Eddie's, I can't remember Eddie's what. Dad Eddie's in dad. Eddie's the guy, that, the guy that couldn't stand his the son doing cooking. The baseball coach guy. Wasn't um, he quite sort of short and portly and baseball man? He's cast better in this because of that, actually. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't we point out at the time that he did not look like a sporty individual. No yeah. offense, sorry, sorry. He's well, to be fair, he was a in this. <laughs> Because of that, he was obviously vicariously living his sports life through his son. Well, should we go watch the film? Yeah, let's do it. I think I think there's just no waiting for this. The anticipation is too great. I've not felt this excited for a film since we watched, I don't know, um, Return of the King. Cowbells. Okay. Always cowbells. <laughs> Start warming up. And bring your best moves. You got game? Little? Because the East High Wildcats are back. Whatever happens, as long as we're together, it's cool, right? To take on their biggest challenge yet. What are you doing here? I'm the new lifeguard. Summer jobs. I told you to hire Troy Bolton. Not the entire East High student body. Now, they're about to discover that working for a country club is no vacation. It might be wonderful if Troy participates in our talent show. What? Get ready. I think we're meant to sing together. For the start of something new. The Disney Channel original movie, High School Musical 2, coming August 17th to Disney Channel. And we're back from, uh, I don't even know where this was set, Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, how much more fun is this film compared to the first one? So good. So I good. am going to agree. I Yay. thought this was way better than the first one. I actually really enjoyed this. Big question. Does it have a better soundtrack than the first? 100%. Okay. Yeah. Because like, Rob, you disagree, big step up, don't you? Big step yeah, up. I still do. Yeah, you prefer. Well, the you first... think the first one has a better soundtrack? I mm, no, I just remember it more and have more fond memories of it. So yeah, I, I just like it more. Surely a nostalgia bias. I, because yeah, I think it, the, song, the songs are just really are just more better. Yeah. It's just so much fun. Yeah. 
on the whole anyway there was a few songs I really didn't like I didn't like Bet On It at all mainly because I just thought it was like the whole staging of the song was really really cheesy um, <laughs> I also didn't like the um, last not the last song the one in the sun uh, in the pool was really good I didn't like the on stage uh, uh, let's, all, let's all dress like Cliff Richard in the Millennium Prayer song I didn't like that one <laughs> Um, but on the whole, yeah, I really, really like the soundtrack. So this Good. gets an overall thumbs up for me. I've got my problems with it, but it yeah, does, so get do a, I. does get a solid thumbs up. Yeah, there are issues, but I just had too much fun watching this film to care about. Yeah, I feel like I have no problems with this. Like, yeah, I just... liked this a, a bit more um, than I expected to, and I liked it a bit more than I did. I liked it a lot more than I did last time. Um, I think that. It's kind of like, it's one of those movies where, like, I enjoy it in spite of all the problems that are kind of, like, staring at me and kind of shouting at me. Because I think this has tons of issues, but, like, at the same time, it never feels... Like, it's nearly two hours and it never feels like that. You do think towards the end, is this ending? And then it doesn't. But it only really starts happening after, sort of, like, the 100-minute mark. And, Mm. like, for a decom, that's, you know, really kind of, like, pushing the boat out. I remember this, like... Um, I remember feeling that way when we did the Pixar movies, where, like, the first sort of three or four Pixar movies are all sort of, like, 90 to sort of 97 minutes, and then Cars is quite long, and you're like, mm-hmm. But then, and then The Incredibles nearly pushes two hours, but you don't, you don't feel The Incredibles taking two hours at all, it just zips past, and I think that this also zips by quite nicely. I think you have enough time, you spend so much time kind of laughing at it and singing along and pointing at things and just kind of laughing at how silly it's gotten and everything, that you don't really realise time's passing I actually much. disagree on that. I did think I did think this dragged a little bit. Maybe just because I've got used to them being about 90 minutes long mm. and zipping by a bit. But this one, I think mainly towards the end, where I just... I said it to you, you know, didn't I, that there was like five times where I thought that was the end, where I thought we were about to cut to black. Yeah, I think Especially it should have ended have, after... When they have that last so. note of the uh, Fun in the Sun song as well, and they dive into the pool... <laughs> and then they're still, and then they submerge, and then they get out again. I was like, "Is this the end of jumping the pool? Like, let the film end." Is this a Chamber of Secrets? Harry I was Potter thinking it was a little Secrets. bit like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, the second film. There's a bigger and better kind of thing that they're trying to do, isn't it? Make it bigger and better. And in so many films, bigger and better inevitably means longer. But I don't think it does inevitably have to mean longer. Yeah, that's why. Well, I guess if you'd cut out the extended edition scene. Which they shouldn't do. No, but I'm kind of glad that did. Disney Plus have left that in. To oh, be honest, so good. Oh my god, it's almost like entering some weird fever dream for a few <laughs> minutes. No, why didn't you explain for people who don't know what is the delete the extended scene that was in there? <laughs> I must say, like so if good. I if I didn't know and you said to me, guess which one is the deleted scene I would have said that because that was really like it just that was out. a tangent it and it was really stood out as like that was a whole separate sequence that was like out there but I really <laughs> enjoyed that sequence it, yeah. <laughs> it was just bizarre but in such a good way just for context I've seen this film a few times but I've never seen this extended version but because I've listened to the soundtrack so much I knew that song really well <laughs> so watching it for the first time like in context of that film, it, just, it? so good. oh my god, the, it, the song is so much better with all of the bizarre imagery and like whatever the hell is going on with um, <laughs> don't even know Ryan what the song Jaffe. means to be quite honest. No, no. So Ryan is like a prince that is a fish and he's going to be saved by a kiss from I his I think own it's sister. like Princess and the Frog, but it's a fish instead of a frog. But he's also a tiki warrior. Yeah. 
No, she's a Tiki Warrior princess. What have Tiki Warriors got to do with fish? Islands. Islands, yeah. I think the idea is that, like, the princess kisses the fish, the princess kisses the fish, and the fish turns into a prince. I mean, I think we could analyze this for a while because eventually a spirit comes out of a volcano and starts singing at them, so, you know, it doesn't really make much sense. But that's sort of what's. princess and the fish. That is sort of what's so wonderful about that scene is that it's just so weirdly bizarre, and you're like, what the hell is going on? Already in a film that is a bit strange. Like, a little bit strange. I, I suppose. By strange, I mean incredibly camp. Like, this is a film where every person who happens to be friends of each other in a high school all get a job at the exact same place and, like, are just doing shenanigans for a while. It, it's obviously not realistic at all, but it just makes it... The the best thing about this film compared to the first one is that it just doesn't take itself seriously Definitely. at all. Yeah. It just ha- it just revels in itself. The number of dumb things it's do- it does is great. It's just so many <laughs> dumb things, and it just doesn't care. It just makes you laugh at them and have fun along <laughs> with it instead of like constantly thinking about trying to be realistic and trying to be a real high school drama. It's the angst is gone. The angst yeah. is gone, mm. and I think that's one reason why my only really major problem with the film is. Gabriella, and I think that's because she's the one character who was still played like totally straight without irony or without without much fun really. Yeah, shouldn't we have a fun and scene? the drama goes through her, and like the big sort of heartwarming yeah. moments all go through her. Everything like serious that's in the film, which is not much, is all channeled through her, and so I think she just saps the joy out of the film a lot of the time. And I don't think it's anything really to do with her performance. It's just an incredibly flat character yeah, who you just, just don't want to see and. She is don't. she is the big problem I have with this film because of that exact point where I feel like she embodies everything that needed to be gotten rid of, which was all the angst and all the lovey dovey stuff. Like the scene where that's angst. not in. The... She's actually just a. I really don't mind. I don't get why you find her so offensive in this film. Like she's a bit boring and she's bland and and she's clearly only there for plot purposes so that Troy can have someone to like you know be his other half of the film and and the plot revolves around their relationship a lot of the time so she needs to be there and it's quite obvious that's the reason that she's there but in terms of her character I don't think she's annoying I just think she's just like a bit nice and like she is annoying in some places she is the only character that doesn't seem to have a negative personality trait which is a bit annoying but also like Troy's trying to get a scholarship I'm sorry but if, if your boyfriend was doing that you're not going to whine about no, yeah, not yeah, being yeah. able I think to it's make the dates. Way that Scholars- they do it, Scholarships are such a big deal. They are a huge though. deal. Yeah. Yeah, the Red and Hawks guys, yeah. Sharpe is, you know, presumably going to be his girlfriend, and Gabriella has decided to go her own way, and they've sort of broken up, and all the other friends are like, they don't need Troy anymore. It kind of feels like everyone's got their happy ending, everything's resolved, and for that brief five minutes, everybody's kind of happy with the way it's all shaken out. To me, that doesn't feel like, oh no, this is the thing that needs to be resolved. That kind of felt like... I do think... The status quo has been removed, and that's fine. That kind of felt like everybody was happy. Mm. I feel like a different kind of movie, like a more sort of, more serious grown-up movie about, like, coming... Like, a more serious kind of, like, coming-of-age movie that was done by a more serious director, maybe it was put out by A24 or something like that. I think that that would be the natural resolution where it is just a... It would make the film... This film would make the point that it's just a fact of life that the people that you make friends with at high school aren't necessarily the the friends that you stay with 
throughout. You know, you grow, you change, you move apart, you drift apart. I think if it was something more kind of melancholy and solemn and it wasn't a super camp musical for children, then I think it would probably keep going with that. But I think that it's just yeah. it just wants to have... It keeps forcing together this. This is where my issues kind of come in in the last sort of 15 or 20 minutes or so, where it all feels like it has to kind of inorganically shunt loads of things together. Like, Sharpay has to have a redemption arc, but she can't have a redemption arc before... She can't, She has a redemption arc, and then it, she completes the redemption arc, and then... Gets punished. She gets punished. By not being able to And sing. then she gets invited upon stage, and then she's in with the song that she doesn't know, and then she gives the award to Ryan, and... I, no one's it, quite clear why Ryan gets no, the award. No, but I think the film is just kind of like, ah, forget about it, it's just happening. This is song like in Cheetah Girls 2 at the end, where in the final song, all of the like little ties to the characters come together, and the Spanish guy with the guitar comes on singing. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's nice that the film just sort of takes the approach of, well, we'll worry about that stuff later and just focus on having fun with your friends yeah. now because you've only got one childhood. You've only got one... And this well, is that's about... like the last line of the movie, isn't it? It's not about the future. It's not about the past. It's about making every day last and last and last and yeah. last and last. Yeah. And they make a point of saying this is the last high school summer that they've got and everyone remembers the last high school summer that they have Oh yeah, as being really, really fun. And yeah. this is just sort of what that film's trying to encapsulate. Obviously, summers work a bit differently in America because summer is midway through the school year compared to what it is like for us. And it's like yeah. six months long. Yeah, massive. it yeah. does go on forever. It goes from yeah. like April to August. That's four months. Yeah, yeah. It's a, but I think that I mean I'm not. I wouldn't say that I like forgive it for being a kids' film in that way because I think that I would have, if I was to apply that to like cowbells, I'd, I would would have had a much kinder reading of that where like oh it's a kids' film don't worry don't be so harsh. No, I'm not saying but, it's it's a kids' film and I'm excusing it because it's a kids' film. I'm excusing it because the theme of the thing is about living in the present in your high school mm-hmm. summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I you know, I, I do. It has made me wonder, though, Andy, like, maybe there is, like, it has made me wish for, like, basically the same movie, but just kind of, or the same concept, but just kind of done a little bit differently. Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe Greta Gerwig gets hold of this, a similar kind of story in about sort of maybe ten years' time when she decides to tell it where a group of friends just kind of move apart and, you know, but I... I don't have a huge problem with that. I do. It just, it makes for a few clumsy beats towards the end as it tries to kind of, like wrestle everything back to like where it was at the beginning and because it they try to do the traditional kind of equilibrium disequilibrium equilibrium nice little comfortable curve of storytelling and we all go home happy and i think that to i kind of there's definitely there's there's always going to be like a more interesting movie in there but i don't necessarily demand it from this because I knew that I just I have never you're never going to have a high school musical film where yeah, Troy and Gabrielle I mean, I, don't, don't end get up me together wrong. My, my tongue is somewhat in cheek like I obviously knew where it was going I knew everything yeah. was going to revert back to normal but like I think that's the reason I don't really like bet on it is because it's like the fact that it's just him <clears throat> singing on his own for like three minutes about something that doesn't really it's not really signposted. It kind of feels like it's like the film saying, right, we are pressing the reset switch now. That's not true. Yeah, and we have to put Troy back to, because Troy back to the caring about his friends and it's like, we have to have him sing for like three minutes articulating about why this character change is happening. It no, doesn't we, feel very natural. It does. I think it does feel quite natural because a few scenes before that, uh, he's having that argument with... He's just had that argument with uh, Gabriella by the pool. He goes to work the next day. He has a, an argument with Chad who screams at him that he's changed. 
Then he starts to think about, has he actually changed? Has a whole conversation with his dad in his bedroom where he's not really left his room for three days. He's worried. His dad tells him he's a... um, He thinks he's a jerk with new shoes. His dad tells him he's got new clothes, but he's not a new person. And then... Jerk with new shoes. And then he finally gets past the sign saying that staff are no longer allowed on the uh, the talent show. Realises Sharpay's been playing him all along. Everything clicks into place and he realises what a jerk he's been. I think it's quite natural character development. I I think a lot of, like... The plot in this film generally is relatively weak because it's obviously just an excuse for them to go out in the summer and have fun and like make another film set in the summer. But what plot is there is all character based and it's about develop mainly about Troy, but also about other characters in more minor respects, like developing the character and changing a little bit. Like for example, I like really like Ryan's character development as part of the plot. I think flows quite nicely, and yeah, it's kind of weak, you know, but. I don't care. It's just a vessel for a lot of fun songs and a lot of fun shenanigans yeah. with these characters. Like I said, my in this film, I grow to cheap. quite like. I do think the problems that this movie has, I mean, obviously, like there are problems that are caused by pretty hammy acting, but I think there are bits of it yeah. that are kind of caused by the fact that it, it it needs a plot, it needs an excuse to exist, and I feel like that's kind of where the problem comes from, where it just it keeps trying to justify itself when I think that I would have enjoyed something with a bit less plot. I think everything... I mean, I'm not saying that things need a plot, but, like, you kind of need a bit of conflict to care about the characters, you know, as... Um, I mean, I'll, I'll reference it from from now until I die, I think, where Matt Wino said, you know, plot is a problem to solve, and if you give characters a problem to solve, then you want them to solve that problem, and... So it needs something. It needs a bit of a kick. I mean, like we were sort of saying that after about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, it's not quite clear where the conflict is going to come from. I really didn't know at all. Cause they like, spend... I wasn't just joking. I yeah. really didn't. Like, I had no clue what the story of this film was until about half an hour. It was yeah. fine because it's quite a long film and I mm. feel like the pacing was fine. So it ended up not being a problem at all. But yeah, it did take a little while to get going with that. Because I think, yeah. you know, they spend the first 10 minutes at the high school and like organising to go to the summer camp. And then they spend the first 50, and then they spend the next 15 minutes like establishing the summer camp. And then they spend the next 10 minutes establishing how all the characters feel at the summer camp. And then we, it's kind of slowly drip fed during that golf game that Sharpay's got an ulterior motive. And that, mm. I mean, obviously, you find out that Sharpay's a bit pissed off that all of the Wildcats have turned up and that it was this idea that she was going to manipulate Troy while no one was around and she didn't want any of his friends around because they would stop her work. But it takes a long time to make that very clear. And I do, so, I do think that, like, it would have been better served with just a, not no plot, but just less plot. Just because there were, there were long gaps of this where like, especially sort of like just before like the second act of the movie where like, I was thinking to myself, we've got a long time without a song here. That hookah knew me kooka or whatever it is. That. <laughs> if that was cut. If that was cut, that? there's a good 20 minute, 30 minute stretch without a song in it. And so... I think that maybe they've left it in on this later version because they thought, like, okay, bit of a direct... It basically feels like they've left it... This is, like, a director's cut, if anything, um, that's been left on Disney+. And I feel like that's valuable because it's a bit of levity in the middle of this kind of, inverted commas, drama that it's trying to kind of manufacture. But it does feel a little bit like... Because we were talking to you before this and we were saying 
where do you think the movie could go? Where do you think High School Musical 2 goes? And you were like, oh, well, it might be the musical. They might finally, you know, a bit of a natural progression from the first movie or whatever. But they've had to come up with a whole new thing. And so there's no obvious point from which the plot kind of sparks. There's no organic, like, oh, yes, of course, that is exactly what would happen. Like, it's more, they've had to engineer a situation and they engineer it very, very slowly. And it takes a very long time to get there. And I think that. Once the once all of the plot machinery is kind of underway and it's kind of like all the gears are grinding and you can see it and I think it does start to create problems where like the character who was most emotionally affected by the plot or the characters who are most emotionally affected by the plot are probably Troy and especially Gabriella, which means that in the middle of this movie, like you were saying, Andy, that is basically for the first uh, for the first few musical numbers is this like the production is so much bigger it's so much camper it's so much more self-aware it's so much sillier and it's so much more like i say it's so much more aware of itself and it's so free of like you say it's free of angst it's free it's so full of joy and like ryan is in two places at once and the film knows that he's in two places at once making him play the piano and they do all these silly routines where they do i don't dance while someone's dancing and but in the middle of it all you have this one character who can't really join in with all of that stuff because she's kind of cast away and put to the side a little bit so i think they can make the decision at the end where she starts singing behind the curtain and troy's like gabriella rehearsed this song too oh my god (laughs) what a surprise and it just means that whenever she's on stage like the, the worst scenes in the movie are that like it's Kind of like it starts when Gabriella has the argument with Sharpay and it ends when she walks away from Troy during Gotta Go My Own Way. That five minute stretch is really dodgy because the film doesn't do drama very well because I don't think mm. it wants to do it's not very comfortable doing drama. And yeah, I don't it think tries it, to hide it behind the and it wants yeah. to get yeah. away. I don't think and, it needs drama. No. I and, just enjoyed the fun bit. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I feel like you know like uh, no, we've been watching quite a lot of Bollywood movies lately and you know how like Bollywood music sections are like an industry of their own yeah. within the song within the movie where like they'll just stop the movie to do a big music video like in Singing in the Rain or something like that but like I'm thinking more like so so in, in a lot of Bollywood so I'm going to reference one one of the first ones we watched it's called Coach Coach Hatha Hair and it's like a a dream sequence like love sequence type thing so the movie basically stops they're, they're in India for the film and then they jet off to the Scotland. pyramids of Giza in Egypt, and then isn't that like, Kathy Kishi The Egypt. No, one. that was all in in Kuch Kuch Hotha. They did the pyramids and they go Scotland. to Scotland and they go to Mauritius. There's like the Scottish Highlands, and yeah. then they're on a beach. And Have then you seen La La Land? Yeah. You know the end of La La Land where they, the whole... they start dancing around like random. Yes. But it's basically, like, like, yeah. but within Bollywood movies, yeah, these music routines <clears throat> will be taken out of the movie and then will be played on Indian music channels as music videos. Yeah, and it's, in... it's a whole industry by itself within the movie. That and... does happen in Singing in the Rain as and well. This, right. every now Road and again. As well, I remember have, that does quite a lot. I've seen Road Ride to study that for my degree and they keep being like on top of Swiss mountains and stuff just for one scene <laughs> without explanation. It's so bizarre. Yeah. And yeah. I, but so Sometimes I feel like this kind of misses a beat every now and again where it tries to... I mean, the amount of songs in this that are, like, just plot. That There are so many songs in this where, like, the lyrics are just the plot. It's like, it's yeah, like they've replaced montages with just the routines. It's, it's so odd where, like, 
Troy and Gabriella talk about that whole stage of their relationship where they're not sure if they just stay together in the first verse and a half of a song. And it's... I don't know. I'm not sure how comfortably it blends the drama together. I feel like it goes from being something that's so very unbelievably camp and very aware of itself and kind of shamelessly so. And I think it's all the better for it, actually, to be so openly just kind of like, yep, we're a musical, nothing makes sense, get on board with it. And then it tries to kind of ground it in teen drama and, like, it just doesn't quite... Eh. And some of it's to do with the acting, some of it's to do with the really hammy line reading, some of it's to do with the really quite tin-eared screenplay... Like the, um, I'm a jerk with new shoes, <laughs> whatever the hell that actually means. Like, I get it that, like, the new shoes are supposed to symbolise this person he's becoming that he's not, but it just, it, it feels like... Falls flat, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and we were joking about it more than we were... And, like, but that, I kind of like how bad that it was It has to because... be corny, though, doesn't it? Yeah, there's, a, there's yeah. a certain, like, space there, camp, corny musicals sit in. And by camp, I actually... I, the difference between camp and gay, like you it's mean just as well. yeah, like it's silly, like it's stupid, like hmm. it's just throwaway. It's camp in that kind of way where like yeah, this is daft, but it's daft in a way that's making you laugh. Yeah, like it's over the top. It's like I I in the last episode we did about High School Musical, I compared it a lot to Glee just because it is so clear, direct a comparison. And one of the things I always loved about Glee is that no matter how angsty it got and how they tried to keep it real about teens and stuff, you always had Sue Sylvester walk in, say something absolutely ridiculous, like walk out in some crazy, with some crazy one-liner about a celebrity she's met, keep it super camp. Like, that was what I loved about that show, that it was always ridiculous. And I think that's actually something Which that this film... never took itself seriously, even when it was tackling really serious subjects. Yeah, and high, the first High School Musical, I remember saying that my big surprise thing about it that I didn't enjoy was that it actually wasn't very fun. The first mm. one, it was I didn't really laugh at it. Whereas this one, I think it gets it bang on. I think it's yeah. like really silly and this doesn't take itself seriously. It's a lot more likely. It's really fun. It's really funny, actually. And it's because, like... It doesn't matter if it all makes sense. Which is why I think the, the points where it takes itself a little bit seriously, like they've got to go my own way and stuff, um, it's just like, I don't really care about that. I don't care. Like, it's if, shame if, if you I have to do serious that. stuff, just take me from A to B quickly. The thing is, I don't, care. I don't like, mind those really serious bits where it takes itself really seriously anyway, because I think the songs are still good. Yeah, I really bits. like Gotta Go My I Own Way. I do, I have to admit, the, the, that little pre-chorus in Gotta Go My Own Way is really like, whenever it happens, there's like, I, I'm, I mean, obviously, like, Andy, you're, I think we've said this before, but like, you're much better with actual theory than me, so you'd be able to break it down and break it apart, but there's something about that little pre-chorus where, like, it just kind of there's something there's a harmony that really resonates with me and it kind of makes me go oh that, god that's so nice and I feel it in the back of my shoulders and it's just so it's it just it's a really quite it's quite a pretty song I have to listen to it again I don't really but, know yeah. <laughs> I mean is this a good point to kind of pivot and talk about the music in general? Like, what's every, what was everybody's favourite song? I'm going to ask, can you guys all go first so I can be reminded of all the Ooh, songs? Oh, that's a hard question. Or just any particular, like a few, like what were your favourites? What do you like? I'll always have a soft spot for Fabulous. <laughs> yeah, and I do agree with you. It's not musically the best song on there, but just because of the whole performance aspect and the fact that it's all about Shaq. Piano in the pool. Yeah, and, and Shaq in, in the middle of um, in the middle of a bunch of sunlight just she's revealed by pom-poms <laughs> to be spinning in the centre. 
dancer and this choreographed dancer. Uh, it, that, it's that is so like a masterpiece like, in the way it's choreographed. Honestly, we it's we so kept good. comparing it, didn't we, to um, the song "Perfect Isn't Easy" from Oliver and Company, which I think must be a direct inspiration for that song, Probably. where the posh, um, rich poodle character is lying on a piano singing about how perfect she is and how great her life is, and all the other people just like are at a beck and call. And the song is so similar, and I feel like because it's, they're both Disney. That must have been a direct inspiration for that Maybe. song. Yeah, I did actually. I imagine Kenny Ortega must have grown just up the watching song. it. And the like, song yeah. wasn't the best, but I love that. Sequence. I think it's difficult to separate a lot of the musical pieces in this from the set pieces of the film themselves. Yeah, because I really like, for example, "I Don't Dance" as a song because as a set piece, it's just fantastic yeah. watching all of these people just yeah choreograph baseball. Right, it's that's, so cool. That's, yeah. that's, I got one up so from well. the basketball. That's my favorite. That was my favorite. That was the one where I actually thought this really is hitting the mark because one, it's got like awesome and choreography. And finally, Ryan's got a really good character. Yeah, yeah. it's given character, and also it like if you believe what well actually now Kenny Ortega has now said it is true that there's the the gay relationship subtext going sexual on sexual tension between Ryan and Chad there's real meat to that song if, if you pardon the expression <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah that was my favourite and I love the jazzy little breakdown bits in it as well that was really really good that, that one I actually will listen to on Spotify there are loads of really little good. moments in that where like it starts with them both clutching the baseball bat wink wink and like it's just, and it turns out Ryan's the one that gets on top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we did the Rise of Skywalker yeah, podcast, and I had this big rant about how just gotta do my thing. How, how when Finn and Poe never got together, and it's all kind of through like you know winks and glances yeah, and lines to looks. each other. That like in fifty years' time we'll look back on it like oh how quaint and how censored and how horrible like that's what that's like I feel like people that's will look back more at Finn and Poe's relationship and be like oh why didn't they just bring and it up yeah that is more explicit yeah. I mean I think that is explicit to be honest I think you have to be quite naive not they to change clothes to be yeah, honest they, they yeah. swapped clothes so they obviously went to the changing rooms had a quick shag and then swapped clothes and so many lines about them afterwards it's like. The way like Troy puts his arm on both of them and it's like you deserve what I deserve or something like that. Come on, love is love. <laughs> Seriously, that's not subtext. That's text. Yeah, I think that's that is one of the, probably my favorite routine in the movie. I think my favorite song is it's. I, I do think it's got to go my own way, and I don't know why because it's. This, I really like it. it it's too. the soppiest one, but I think as a song in isolation, I it's think it's really ballad. nice. That yeah. that look, like I think it's that pre-chorus that wins me over. The um, it's so hard to say. I just I love the way that moves. I love the movement of the melody and like and then when Troy comes in and it kind of gives it's it an extra, yeah, it gives it an extra push in the in sort of like the emotional crux of like the end of the second act of the song and like it. I mean the staging's really awkward, which is a shame because like she's just like the first saying, half just, where they just they just stand and sing it to each other, staring and it's a at him. Big song, so it feels awkwardly static and like yeah. like they're shouting each other's faces. <laughs> yeah, um, it was a good song, but I was put off by the staging. Yeah. And like where I found myself slightly cringing at the first one, at like for example the romantic ballads between Troy and um, Gabrielle, Gabriella, Gabriella. Sorry, yeah. Um, I find myself cringing a little bit at the situation but actually kind of enjoying it anyway just because the songs are so much better like yeah. you are the music in me when they're singing around really the piano song, yeah. it's like it's hard not to be like oh they're singing around a piano or just dancing around again like they did in the last one but the song's so much better than it just um, makes it worth it doesn't then, it for example the first song where they're singing in a karaoke start of something new which is just a bit like a bit basic of that's, the song that's, that's, like, like a that's basic exactly it song. that's the thing of like you just get carried away with the song. That's exactly it. That's how you make it silly and fun. It's like, yeah. 
do you actually care how stupid this is? Well, no, you, you haven't done because you haven't done the song. Yeah. Yes. So that's what it I is. I don't think there's a weak song in this film, personally. I don't actually. I think the fir- the opening song, if it wasn't the opening song, would be a bit crap. Like what? But time what an opening, eh? It's, all, it's a great all opening. All in my But school. as a standalone track, without like, if you were just listening to it, I don't think it's that great. It kind of stands apart from the rest of the soundtrack until you get to the very end. All for one and one for all, whatever the song is called. And what time is it? Are both very similar. To each other, and they bookend the film quite they nicely. They both sound, they both sound just like we're all in this together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and also the last one, um, all for one or whatever. It sounds re- every now and again. I expected them to go stick to the status quo. <laughs> yeah. It's very similar. Yeah. And, oh, I like but, that one. I like but they are the big like, they're the big ensemble show tunes of which there aren't many in this. It, there's a lot of solo numbers because yeah. I think they've got a lot of character developing to well, do they well. Well, they have a lot of duets or solos where then big cast will come in at the end. Towards yeah. the end, but like it's there's something more intimate about the songs in this one, I feel like. There's something at least more personal where like there's not a lot of... Like, there's more... You know, because most of the songs, like, um, I'm thinking, like, bop to the top. Well, actually, let's go from the beginning of the first High School Musical film. So... Um, Start of something new, we've kind of established that that's a pop hit already, like in their universe, that that's why they know it, and so it, so that's not about them. Get My Head in the Game, that's Troy's song, fair enough. Um, what, I've what I've been looking for is again, it's been written by Kelsey, right? Yeah. So it's not about any of the characters, it's not the characters declaring their intentions exactly. You've got Gabriella's slower number towards the yeah, middle. The well, you've, you've got that Sharpay and Ryan's version, and then you've got Gabrielle and Troy's version. Of that. Yeah, but even then, like, um, but I'm just I'm trying to think of um, moments in the first High School Musical movie where it's like it's just one character saying, "This is what I feel," and there's then one it's just or two. That, that solo but there's from Gabriella, a, there's a few got. in this. Yeah. Like there's Sharpay's, there's Troy's with bet on it. There's Gabriella's. So like there's more of yeah. this. There's more of like characters on their own singing, and I mean I think that makes it harder to stage things like That's, that. Yeah, the, the solos, definitely in the first one and in this one, actually, pretty uniformly, like, the solos were my least favourite parts of the film. Mm. I think the really strong thing about this film is all the character relationships and all the char- Like, it genuinely, like, the character relationships overlap and, like, affect each other and it's about the relationships and you really get quite involved in this little group of friends. That's the strength of the film. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of them, apart from Sharpay and Brian, who are both think are really interesting characters, I don't think any of them really are strong enough on their own to be interesting in solo songs. Um, especially not Troy and Gabriella. I don't think they're interesting enough to carry five minutes of the film on their own. Whereas no. I think like all the group numbers where like they're interacting and saying like, "Oh, you do this, no, you do that," that whole kind of back back and forth banter, that's great. That totally works. And it's much improved from the first one. I still think, like, maybe it's because of the type of movie it is, so all, like, they all kind of have to be quite nicey-nice characters. I don't think they have enough depth to carry a solo song of, like, a big power ballad. Um, but when they're just, like, having fun, like, singing songs as groups, they're all really good. I think, really I think good. yeah, you're right, Andy, that one of the real strengths of this movie is that where the first one was just kind of like Troy and Gabriella versus Sharpay and Ryan, but more Sharpay with Ryan kind of dragging along behind, this is more Sharpay versus everybody, and so you get to learn more about... Ryan gets 
more... He actually gets humanised a little bit. He's not just Sharpay's servant. He's more of an actual character in his own right in this one. And it means that you get more of a... It's more of a chance to open up to... I mean, you get less screen time for the Wildcats basketball team. Like, Zeke gets a little bit of a look in. Chad barely gets a look in. I mean, he's involved in the caddy scene, but... And he has that bit of dramatic moment in the kitchen where he's, like, having a go at Troy about something or other. And you get, like... But he's not in it too much. And the one who was friends with Gabriella on the science decathlon team Taylor. in the first movie, Taylor, she is not in it at all, really. We no, see she a... just gives Gabriella shit advice and then... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> off, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so there's, like... it. In some ways, I think it's a lot better for exploring the side characters, and I think in other ways it's a bit weaker when it comes to other ones. I think some of them get quite a raw deal, and other ones get a much stronger um, display than in they did in the first movie, which is, I think, why Ryan ends up becoming one of my favourite characters in this. I think that there's... Are we segueing into favourite characters then? I, I can do. <laughs> I, I, just, I, just, but... just, I do think that the ensemble cast of this film, it's really really strong like i think there's so much you can do with it and like if i was like you know teenager at the time like i would have been like fanfic brain like there's so much you can do with this like literally pick any two characters out of that group like you can make something with them like there's it's really really well developed all those dynamics another positive point of comparison to glee it's like you have a group you don't focus on two people you have a group of like 12 all of whom you know how they would interact with the others. You have a self-sustaining universe. I mean, I think the focus think is still, really going still well quite that. clearly on Troy and Gabriella. But I think one of the reasons that this film has such a long introduction, other than what we've already discussed, is that the first film kind of lacks in that sort of character, in, mm. in having the background character. Like, they are there, and they have personalities, but they're all very one-note, and we don't really know that much about them. So this film sort of has to be a sequel and set up a plot but at the same time has to do a lot of the character building for the background characters that wasn't present in the first film Mm -hmm. so a lot of the time that's taken up before we get to the plot in this film is time of interaction between characters that we haven't seen before like for example when Chad and Troy like start linking arms and skipping down the kitchen doing weird English accents like that's a really nice moment that just you wouldn't have got a moment like that in the first you would not you've not you wouldn't really have got a moment like that in any other decom film that we've seen so far would you like there's there's a focus on like just having fun with the characters and like the characters actually feel like real people now yeah I think as as one note as they kind of are there are you can sense the real relationships that carry on when yeah. the camera turns off, and it's okay for them and, to like yeah. be one note because these you know at the end of the day all of the background characters still only have so much screen time and so many lines, but they still like feel like actual characters like you say when the camera's turned off you can still imagine they're interacting with each what other. What it really reminds me of, and this is actually high praise, like um, it really reminded me of Greece, where it's like you have all the T birds and you have all the pink ladies. But actually, like they all kind of intermingle. Mm. They've all they're mm. all coupled up, obviously. But also, it's like you get scenes where like two random pink ladies and two random tea beds are like in a diner together, and like you sort of get their friendship there. It feels like everybody is friends with everybody else. And again, like as a kid who <laughs> was quite obsessed with Greece, I used to be in like fanfic brain and be like, oh, how does this person talk to that person and stuff like that. I just think that all that kind of stuff is really, really good in anything, and especially in like a teen musical. That's like fuel to get you involved. Mm. I mean, if we're doing, God, if we're doing favorite characters, no, go on. Who's your favorite character? Well, you, in this? you wanted to take Ryan, didn't you? Um, no, he was one of my favorites. I don't okay. know for, for totally sure if he is my favorite. I think he's probably, he probably is. 
He's my favourite. Yeah. I also would have said Ryan. So let's okay, fair yeah. enough. But go on, go on, Rob. Go who, on. El- who else? Um, I quite enjoy. I think that. The... Should we come back to you, Rob? Well, no. I was going to say <laughs> that, like, I was, I was trying <laughs> to find a way to articulate it. Like, I don't like what they do with Troy when they change him, because it's all very. Oh, he's different now, and he doesn't like cheese on yeah, it. He wants he cheese on his from burger. from getting promoted to being a completely total uh, new guy, new guy, yeah. new jerk with new shoes within the space <laughs> of that was That was really forced. He went, I went he from weight like, and came back and suddenly he changed. Yeah, he went, <laughs> he went from, like, normal salt of the earth to, like, Monopoly Man in, like, two minutes. It was really out of nowhere. But I think yeah. when he has the change of heart, it's, it's bet on it and afterwards, or just before bet on it and afterwards. I think there's a good... There's an especially good routine um, where Sharpay's doing her version of You Are The Music And Me and the, the choreography's quite funny where like Troy has to kind of be dragged through and not really want to join in and they still have to organise the choreography around that and that was... I, I quite enjoyed that. But, you know, I think Ryan... Ryan's quite a clear favourite, actually, the more I talk about it, I think. You know. I do love Sharpay. You know what, I'm going to... I'm gonna... Sharpay's the protagonist of this film, okay? I'm, I'm not a fan of Gabriella. Sharpay's just trying to let Troy have a, have a good future and, like, a solid foundation for a career. No. No, she's not, she is <laughs> no. quite obviously trying to manipulate it. Just no, so actually, she I'm actually control. totally... I think they belong together. Okay, Gabriella's just kind of meh. Alright, you could just lift her out. She lifts right out. Yeah, but they like each other. Even if we don't like Gabriella, like, as... Like good friends watching a relationship that you're not quite happy with, you kind of just have to let them be if they're happy with each other. Sharpay's poison. Yeah, she's. I, don't care. She, I love that. Like you'd have more fun in your life with. with she's a great. You would. You would. Like, she, she's a great villain, but like she's I don't, not a villain. I don't she think she's. Villain. Villain. I don't, I don't think villain. she is. I don't think she is. She's I'm actually, not a villain. I don't first, think there is a villain. In, in the film. first no. film, I couldn't see it, but in this film, I am totally with you. Know, I actually feel like. Sharpay is sort of, not quite the protagonist, but I think she's definitely more sympathetic than Gabriella. Can I just say as definitely. well, Sharpay mm. was trying to enjoy her summer at her country club, and these li- these this lot just came up. But fucked no, 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 up no, 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 yeah, yeah, ruined fair, her talent show. To be fair, but this is only because from the very beginning she tried to get Troy a on job his own on so that she job. could manipulate him so that she on could win. not manipulate him. No. I know she's that doing she's doing him de- a favour. She may be the designated villain of the film but she's still like allowed to have crushes like everybody else does <laughs> in the film. She genuinely likes him. If she, if she knows she, she knows he's got a bo- girlfriend. Come on. We've all been in high school. Since when does that stop anybody? Yeah. That doesn't make it a nice thing Gabriella to do. Gabriella is a wet blanket as well. Let's yeah, be oh, honest. <laughs> I don't think Chappé is a villain because I don't think there's really a villain in this. No, movie. but if you were Chappé is the source of the drama. That's yeah. about as far as it goes in terms of. Villain. But no, she's still she's still very self-involved, very self-obsessed, and like yeah, she's fun and she's interesting and she's kind of curious and we could talk about her for hours. But she's still the person who creates all of the problems in the movie. She's still very selfish, still very self-centered. I mean, there is literally a line in the song where she goes, me, 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 which is a very on-the-nose joke about how she sees herself. She's very, very self-obsessed, and she she lies to Troy several times in the movie where she pretends to be shit at golf when she's not because she's trying to play the whole, oh, ditzy me act. To how get... many girls do that, though, with guys they haven't That doesn't make it good, though. That doesn't make it... I won't... I, I'm not... I'll, I'll walk back a little bit on me calling her a villain, but like if the, if the movie was going to have a villain character, 
It's probably Sharpe. Well, she's, she's, the intend- not- she's the intended villain, but the- she's about as much villainous as you can get in a film about a high school musical. I don't I- think she's a nasty person. No, I just all. think she's misunderstood. She's, she's a teenager who doesn't like the fact that the way things were going for her has been disrupted. And yes, she goes about trying to put things back the way they should have By been. By manipulating characters. Quite a manipulative kind of way. But I think it comes from a place of having genuinely wanted to get with Troy, wanting to have a good future for both of them, and not really understanding why everyone's so gaga over Gabriella, and I'm kind of with her on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think think this... But you've got to accept the fundamental rule of the universe, a a rule of the universe in this film, in that within the film, within the universe, Gabriella is a good character who everyone likes. Maybe you don't like her, and maybe you can't sympathise with her, which, frankly, I don't quite understand because I think she's fine in this film. If it maybe a little she, bit, yeah, she's a bit drippy and a bit like weak, but like as like as in the performance is a bit meh. But the way that the, it's to do with narrative framing, where like Sharpay is framed as the person who is trying to cause all of the problems, and, and she Gab- does, and, and, and she, uh, yeah, her, the, her problems basically stem from she's never been told no in her life, and she always gets what she wants, and now. Gabriella has taken a boy, her boy away and she might not win this award. She gets a bit of a strop on and tries to manipulate it so she does get what she wants. Learns a lesson that life can't always be how you want it and it's more important to be friends with people in high school. And then that's that. I but she does she's... get a raw deal because she completes her redemption arc and then gets shit on. Yeah. What needs to happen is that she needs <laughs> but, to get yeah. shit on and that makes her realise that she was wrong all along. Yeah. And then she comes on stage and is all like, oh, we're all happy friends now. Yeah. That, that's what should happen. Yes, she ruffles a few feathers and can come across <laughs> badly sometimes. But she's like bold and audacious and like knows what she wants. I'm not saying she's like, not a bad character. So she's a bad fun. character. To I me, her, her and Gabriella, it's like Lady Gaga and Avril Lavigne. It's like, come on, who is more fun? Who, ultimately, do you kind of want to be more? You don't want to be boring old Gabriella. You want to be sharp Well, the thing is, Lady Gaga's great. Duff in a stupid fucking <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing is, Lady Gaga's great, but if Lady Gaga was trying to manipulate Avril Lavigne's boyfriend, Chad Kroger, away from <laughs> Yeah, if Lady Gaga suddenly decided she wanted to be with Chad Kroger circa 2010, and she pulled Chad Kroger away from Avril Lavigne, that wouldn't make Lady Gaga a nice person or the real protagonist of life. Or and Avril Lavigne would say, hey, Chad, we're married. And he'd go, oh, this is how you remind me. It made me realise, um, obviously, like there are bits of this movie that are very time capsually, like... Um, well, the clothes, I mean, the, clothes. The, clothes the clothes that they all wear and, you know, the fact that we have to have coded, quiet um, gay characters. I mean, that's still, to be honest, that's still very much of its time. That's We've probably just been talk- sort of thing we're doing. Just been talking about last um, Rise of Skywalker, so, you know, but... It's weirdly of- true of real life in that area, though, in that people were not out in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is yeah. not in any way a good thing, but it's actually, like, someone like Ryan... Well, the thing is, in that school, they're all so lovely and friendly to each other, but someone like Ryan would not be out of the closet at school. He'd be like yeah. that. He'd be like, everybody knows he's gay. He'd still come out. I think Lucas Graybeal has sort of said that Ryan was gay in school, but didn't say, and then moved to college, came really out, became himself, that kind of thing. But yeah. one of the real-time capsule things, and it was in The Small Dog, which was that 
they really lay it on thick with the Paris Hilton imagery yeah. for yeah. Sharpay in this. The sunglasses, the tiny dog, the, the leaked sex car. tape. I was getting legally blonde. <laughs> Not the leaked sex tape, no. Okay, <laughs> getting legally blonde. Legally a little bit of legally yeah. blonde too. Yeah, that's... Uh, I also should say Great legally blonde as well because there is a legally blonde too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, there's... That was one of the big time capsule moments for me where it was like, oh yeah, people kind of had this opinion of Paris Hilton at the time and uh, that... <laughs> that she was someone who just kind of mm. wasn't intelligent and just carried around a small dog and wore pink and had blonde hair. And... But I mean, I don't think the film ever makes Sharpay seem unintelligent, which I think is, is quite nice. She doesn't ever seem dumb. No, she's... Oh, no, she's, she's just very, very cunning. Yeah. She's very cunning. Spoiled and manip- manipulative, yeah, just, just that's about spoiled, it. But, but she's small. still a, a good character mm. and an interesting character. And again, has one of the more interesting acts in the film. Although I think there are quite a few interesting she's acts. She's just a okay, joy so to watch when she's on screen. Though. If Sharpay oh, yeah. and Ryan are taken, who both would have been my choices, are probably yours as well. So, what are the other interesting character arcs? Who would you have chosen? Well, Ryan would have been my choice as well, but I guess I can't have that. It's good that Ryan is like the universal winner of this. I yeah. think. He's... What's who's Ryan's boyfriend's name? Chad. 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 He, he's alright, I guess. Um, Oh, who else is it really? no one else is in it as much, are they? No, other than Troy and Gabriella. (laughs) No one wants to pick Gabriella because she doesn't have an act. The the thing that does annoy me about Gabriella in this is that throughout the film, she's always right. Like, you know, she's the one that the film says is like always Mm. nice and always right and always helping people. It's mildly irritating though. She's the the only one that doesn't have any actual character development and becomes a better person by the end of it. Or it's just a different person. She's already perfect at the beginning and she's perfect at the end because it's Gabriella. Perfect all the way in between. Exactly. Happy little cute life Which is fine. I get get that like, um, I get you've got to have one character that's, uh, you know, relatively grounded all the way through it to give everyone else a level. But like, Oh, come on. Everyone else has got some sort of character development except Gabriella. So when she does her, like, whole I'm really upset at what you've done to me, Sharpay song, and I'm not sure I'm going to be with you anymore, Troy, like that whole thing, it just comes across as, like, well, whatever. You have characters so have their development. Yeah. So. But luckily, the song is so good, so I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I also hate as well where there's, like, there's opportunities for her to throw shade or have a one-liner where she's just like totally unfazed. I do like, feel like Vanessa Hudgens. Could, could you imagine Vanessa Hudgens throwing shade? No, I just think yeah, I think that like, there's moments that yeah. she could get more out of. It's like when they're being sprayed by water on the golf course, and she just kind of does a cutie smile. She's like, yeah. oh well, whatever. <laughs> Trying to, you're gonna on. get so wet, and she's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's not even like that. She just kind of does a sort of apathetic. Smile and like her grim, grim to acceptance. It's just a cute giggle and then yeah. nothing else. The amount of time she does nothing that with a microphone her. in hand, by the way, like oh, at the end, the, at, at the end of the big number, where like at the end, where like they've all finished singing, and then Troy does his yeah to signal the end of the song, and then after he's done the yeah to signal the end of the song, she goes <laughs> right into the microphone. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, what I really love as well is ev- that song every day. Um, how does it go again? What the the everyday song because all I remember is at the end they kept saying every day and then they go every day that every day, whole song really felt day, like a and it was like a, it was almost like a teenage argument where someone was trying to finish last <laughs> it was like I want to say every day last and then Troy it just goes go on a bit, yeah. Troy just goes at the end yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh that one I thought you were talking about the one at the end <laughs> I think um, I'll tell you what we've not talked about Troy's reflection 
Right, there are not very many special effects in this film, and you'd think, with so few, they might have a budget to make them look good, but the reflection, the someone's, shooting star... Someone's forgotten an Eddie's million dollar cooker. I feel like they spent all the budget on the location. And the choreography. And the that, choreography. to be fair, is a stunning location. And yeah, the, the number location. of people yeah. in the film to do all the dance numbers, to be quite honest. But, like, come on, it can't cost that much to get a reflection that doesn't look like someone... Cut and pasted some clip out of Microsoft Word and stuck it in front of the And then just stuck waves in front of it like Ripple. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I could do better than that on Final Cut. There's another, another surely Disney shout out of Blind King where it's like framed the exact same way. Yeah. Like, move faster in the water, surely. And it's about finding who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's That was yeah not my favourite. Yeah, they weren't Troy that far off. Um, how many years off were they? This, this is still six years after Livia Soprano leaves The Sopranos. And her uh, last appearance, her last appearance, basically what happened was in between seasons two and three of The Sopranos, the actress that played Livia Soprano died oh. and they had to digitally recreate her face for season three. Oh, and if you thought there was something slightly uncanny valley about Leia in The Rise of Skywalker, oh my God, the face that they put on Livia Soprano at the start of um, season three to kind of fill in these lines to kind of like end a plot line that was supposed to go somewhere, but then she died and they couldn't do anything about it. And they do loads of shots from like behind her head with a body double and then they have to pivot around and show her face and it's like, it's this like static body with a moving face that has no muscles and it's so (laughs) freaky. And it's, so we're still a few years after that and it's not good. It's this not artificial bad, face, and like it's it's kind of it can pass. And the but dreadful fireworks at the end as well. it looks like they copied and pasted a sky from somewhere else, but <laughs> really different, and stuck it on. And the fireworks. English, even why do they bother making the Chinese lantern CJ? Because they have physical ones there. Can I possibly suggest? I think some of that. Um, was filmed a day and edited to look like night. I think that might be what it is. Possibly. Um, I think they might have imposed a night. Night sky. Sky. Yeah. Some of it looked like it was filmed during the day, and then literally everything Every in the sky has to be yeah. CGI. The grass is so like bright, I guess, and it wouldn't be at night, would it? That's surprisingly common. It's hard to do, but like loads of it in Lord of the Rings, where it's like night for day and day for night, where they decide a post-production to set. Like it happens, but I think that was a really obvious one of like there's something not right about the way this scene mm. looks. It doesn't look like real nighttime. Well, I mean to be fair, I think the special effects budget for the Lord of the Rings is probably a little bit bigger than <laughs> just the a little little tiny bit, bit, yeah. just a teeny bit, yeah. Do we have a rebel hmm? Yes, let's. Yeah, let's see rebel hmm. So, this is about the final high school summer. Let's chat a little bit about our final high school summers. Oh God, don't get me started. I mean, I don't remember mine. Keep it to a couple of minutes. (laughs) Mine was nice. I had a lot of fun because I'd broken up with my (laughs) ex-boyfriend for like a couple of for like. Jake's got an ex story this weekend. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to tell you much about him, but it was just really nice because I ended up spending so much time with friends, so much time being outside. Obviously, year 11 high school is um, summer is always amazing because it's extra long because you finish your GCSEs in May and you mm. get all of June, July and August. You get 10 weeks. So it's it's insanely brilliant. And I just remember having a lot of fun in my high school, final high school. So that summer. was 2011, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was very summery all the time. Mine was 2008 and it, it was like best three months of my life. Well... It wasn't, it wasn't, because it's weird, because it was right in the aftermath of when I got out of the school, which was a horrendous experience, that was awful, 
but all my friends were like lovely about it which was for silly old naive me it was unexpected um and it was just a really nice free summer where like i was out partying like let's say say party obviously no drink involved or anything but i was out at my friends like every day my best friend mackie i stayed at his for like three weeks just because just no point going home let's just keep on having fun yeah um, there was a lot of that for me too it was yeah. just like everybody was seeing everybody like every day it was like a moment in time where that's like the time of my childhood I'm most nostalgic to you know like if you had a time oh, machine, God, you, could, yeah. and you could go yeah. back to like a day in like one year it's like Same. I would go back to 2008 that's like my special special time um, time of my life 2008 absolutely wonderful and yeah. what about you 2013 yeah. 11 summer. So young. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was in America for a month. Yeah, we're family out in Florida. So, I think we went like end of July. Did you go to Disney World? Yeah. Of course you did. Obviously, it's the best summer ever. Yeah, so we were in Florida for three weeks. Did Disney World, did Universal. I think Universal is better than Disney yeah. World in a lot of ways. Yeah, it was great. Um, and then did a week in Texas. Oh, wow. was our family in Texas. Did you go on a rodeo? Did no, you have yourself Texas a bar and quite dull. <laughs> a lot of Texas, a lot of Texas is cities, isn't it? It's got that redneck reputation, but it's well, quite suburban actually. Houston, yeah. Dallas, Houston, Dallas, and um, Austin. 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 They're big yeah. cities there, but like it's huge, so there is a lot of rural land. Mm. I was in Houston. Um, we actually road tripped there from Florida. Wow, that's, that's a long, long drive. Like 16 hours. So you go through like Louisiana and stuff then? Yeah, yeah, we went along the coast. But I'm assuming. Oh, did you? Yeah. You didn't go along the highway. Well, as in along the highway, sort of. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I, I don't know roads. <laughs> but yeah, so we drove through, I can't remember the states now, we drove through Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, it would have been Mississippi, as well. and then to Texas. Um, stopped oh, over awesome. halfway, so we, we stayed in the motel after like eight hours and then did the other eight hours the next day, which was cool. Oh, that's great. Um, Disneyland was great. Many great things. My uncle has a pool in his back garden, so that was Ooh. great, and it overlooks a golf course. <laughs> when you were in the pool in the sunshine in America, <laughs> did you possibly have sharp hay vibes? <laughs> You're bit. fabulous. Had a little pink swimming costume, so you know. <laughs> uh, did you have your Tiffany hairband in? I did not. I don't own a <laughs> Tiffany hairband, unfortunately. Well, it's just can't be sharp hair then, can it? <laughs> Mine was the summer of 2010. And so old. I'm totally well. No, I'm totally. I'm totally in, in agreement with Andy here. Where like, if you could pick a period in your life that you could just live again, it would definitely be that. I think where we finished our GCSEs in like the middle of June, and we weren't starting college until September, and we just had all this time. And like, even when we did the GCSE exams, we were out of school at the end of May. Yeah, yeah. And, and you just came back studying from home or like, you know, we were doing the exams. So I spent a lot of time, especially when my GCSEs were over, I spent a lot of time, because obviously at this time, this was when I was with uh, the girl in Scotland whose relationship with me and... Another reference for Scottish girl. Yeah, no, really. I hope she's listening. I <laughs> you both looked at me yeah. as he mentioned. No, no, <laughs> just to acknowledge it, because I feel like she's a regular on this show. Yeah. <laughs> she, she'll have to come on as a guest sometime. But no, it's basically just because we've been talking about films that were out around this time, like the Harry Potter movies were out around that time. I feel and, like this is like the book one day where like and Toy the Story entire relationship is told in chunks of Well, like, yeah, you said that on, on the Harry Potter just, episode. Like, yeah. I feel like we're getting the entire relationship through <laughs> no, these films. Well, this was, um, this was a happy time during our relationship where 
we were journeying up across this two or three month period. We were journeying up and down the country quite a lot because we had a lot of free time. Um, I was on trains quite a lot going up there. She was on trains coming down to see me. Um, I turned 16 that summer and I turned 16 on the day that Germany beat England 4-1 in the World Cup in 2010 and my whole family were around to watch the game and it was really funny because like I kind of went through this phase where I was a bit like oh I'm not really into like following England at this point and so I was like you do know that Germany are just going to hammer England right and everyone's like no no and then like Ozil just kind of ran the show and it was it was kind of funny to watch that happen but bet you've got fond memories of that (laughs) (laughs) Norm totally but no, I spent a lot of time with um, friends. There's still loads of videos on my friends' Facebook pages of us around that time, and like l- watching them back was so cringy, and like I can't bear to watch certain bits of it because like it's just kind of it's you look at yourself when you're 16 and you just go, oh god. But around that time, I was listening to a lot and like a lot of um, Plastic Beach by Gorillaz. I was properly into that album at the time, and also Crystal Castle's second record as well, just the self-titled LP. And I listened to, and whenever I listen to those records, it's like I'm there straight away. Because I think at that point in your life, that last summer that you have, by the end of it, that's the furthest away you've ever been from education since you started going to school. It's the longest time you've had away from it because the longest summer holiday you get is six weeks mm. up to that point, and then you get ten. And all of a sudden, it's like, you feel like the whole... It's kind of weird how, like, six weeks now passes like that. Like, if you think back to where you were six weeks ago, but when you're in school, having six weeks off felt like you were a totally different person at the end of the summer to who you were at the start, and you'd kind of come back in with, like new bag, new pencil case, new shoes, new look, new everything. And it's like, I'm a totally different person right now. And I think in the end, that's something that this film does actually manage to capture where there is this kind of sense of an endless possibility where anything's in front of you because everything's, you know, if everything's behind you, then anything's in front of you kind of thing. And God, I mean, that was, no, I remember telling you about this where that was the summer where I turned up uh, a friend of mine, I turned up at his house, there were three or four of us, and we started gaming at three o'clock in the afternoon, and we went on until about 6am, playing the same game. I watched him finish, I watched him finish Half-Life 2, and then we did Left 4 Dead 2, and we played Halo, and all sorts of games, and it took us 15 hours, and we were just kind of, at five, six <laughs> o'clock in the morning, we were just sat there going, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> we just kind of that was the last time I think I ever did an all nighter. I think we went on rock band as well. And we were gonna go to bed at four o'clock That's and then somebody said, Oh, let's carry on, let's play rock band and then I remember going to meet my mum and dad at like ten o'clock in the morning having not slept and I remember being sat in a Costa Coffee feeling very sick because I just hadn't had any sleep and That's I was <laughs> we used to do a lot, me and all yeah. my friends we used to have get together at whoever's ten it was to have people around. And we would just never go to bed. It would always be because most of my friends lived near the school and I didn't live near the school so I'd always have to get the first train home I'd always like just stay up like doing whatever and then I'd get the first train home at like quarter past six and mm. I was just I'd go to bed for like an hour get up about eight that was it I was fine I could not do that now and I used to do that no. like, weekly I used to do that at least like once a the, week <sighs> I last did an all nighter just before New Year's Eve this year um, for slightly different reasons I was actually in A&E until about ten o'clock in the morning oh. and Oh my god, my cheat code to get out of all-nighters, which is like, go to bed at about 11 o'clock, wake up at 2 or something, and then just kind of 
last until the end of the day like it just doesn't work anymore like it's just it, it hurts in I a way really quite remember the last time i did it all night though you will have done one because yeah it, yeah it's inevitable it was a fairly normal thing to do as a teenager and it's just like i always hate people it. have so oh. much energy like i didn't yeah. mind it i just always remember getting part way through the next day where i'd be so tired i just sort of entered a dreamlike state where everything felt a bit weird and I wasn't tired anymore. Mm. But if I did it now, like, I could not work the next day. Whereas I used to no. be able to go to school God. after all night. No, well, there were some yeah. times... Yeah. Yeah. When I was in Denmark last week, there were some nights where I only had a couple of hours sleep because of the night before. And, like, I'd, the next day I'd be dead. But yeah. we have all this stuff to do. I feel if it days afterwards now I've not had, like, hardly any sleep. Yeah, I have to go to bed the next day. If I have a really, like, short night's sleep, then I have to be in bed by, like, nine o'clock the next yeah, day. Yeah, I like that. So <laughs> old, that way, so old. Just the last thing about... Unlike these whippersnappers in high school music, <laughs> too. <laughs> last thing about, you know, how we both said, Rob, that, like, if you could go back in time to relive Fear some of those days... Turn back time. But actually, this, the weird thing happened a few years ago where my friend Jay who's been on this podcast a couple of times. Yeah, he went back to time, time, yeah. With whom I co-present Flashback, a last podcast, available on Spotify. In which they do travel through time. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> but anyway, um, he um, found an old MP3 file, which we both completely forgot existed, which was that he used to have like a, a MP3 player that could record. And for yeah. a laugh, a couple of days in like year 11, he just put it on when he came into school in the morning and recorded like the whole day oh, he found it a few years ago and so he, said, he said I can't believe what I've just found and I actually started listening to it and after about five minutes I was like actually no this is freaking me out this is too much because it's mm-hmm. like it actually was like going back in time because I'd it's like the to, audio of like being as there, we experienced yeah. it it was like I'm so actually bizarre. there I think this I'd like to relive it I didn't like it knowing all. I was reliving it yeah it's that it was, it was yeah. unfiltered, like actual reliving it, and I didn't like That's it at insane. all. Didn't like it at all. So I only listened to about five minutes of it, and then I was. Yeah. What a great idea, though. I know. Yeah, there were loads of videos of my, me and my friends that have been lost to time because they were uploaded to YouTube channels that were then deleted. Mm. And I don't know if I'd like to watch them or not, but there are the ones that have been preserved. I do like to go back and look at them every now and again, just because that is it uh, is of that summer where we were getting most of the jokes that were about. Uh, 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 the fact that we're at one of my friend's houses and he's got a big tuxedo hanging off the back of his bedroom door because we're getting ready for prom and stuff like that and we're laughing about the tux and like how he's not he wasn't in the room at the time and like we were joking that like he was going to wear huggies to the prom and like, you know the nappies <laughs> it's, just, it's just so stupid but um, yeah. I think one of the differences between then and now like for this current generation is that because it's so easy to like do anything on your phone and put it on Instagram stories it. or whatever. Yeah. Everything is so well documented. Yeah. Every moment, every day. I do often think about the fact that our of. generation was like the last generation to leave high school where smartphones weren't a thing. I had a camera phone, but like, not a smartphone. Really? Yeah, yeah. We, we, I, I had one from like year nine onwards. Yeah, I had a smartphone. But where, like, the idea was that you were constantly on social media, you were constantly connected to the well, internet I, by I something. Ha- so I haven't got, like, social... I mean, I had Facebook on my phone back then and stuff, but, like, right. in terms of social um, in terms of social media, it wasn't that big when I was I didn't school. have, like, 3G or anything on my phone. But I had a smartphone, no. and I took loads of pictures. So mm. I've got, like, hundreds and hundreds of pictures from mm. 2009 onwards with time in high school and college. Mm. With photos, what we used to do is, like... We'd take them on our phones and then we'd be like... Bluetooth to meet you. Well, no, like on MSN the next day, send me your photos from last night. Or Aww. you'd all put them on MySpace. 
and then yeah. send yeah, links yeah. to them on yeah, MySpace. Yeah. You had to wait for the photos to appear the yeah. next day. You didn't. You couldn't see them live. Crisis is a hell of a rabbit hole. This <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, oh, yeah. yeah. So let's put a line under this. Rebel. Yeah, let's grade. Yeah. Let's grade. So who who wants to go first with this? I'm actually like I'm really enthusiastic about this. Really enjoyed it. This was my favourite one so far. Cowbells has been. Uh, oh, have we finished our segment yes. of Rebel Hums? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Were you completely disengaged? Apparently so. <laughs> Cowbells has been toppled off its dairy throne. Oh. Um, it's it's fallen like the spilled yogurt. So um, I am going to give this an eight point five. Really enjoyed this. Cool. Really enjoyed yeah. Who's next? Uh, yeah. Um, I guess I'll go next. Um, I raved about it more than you did, so I thought I was going to give it a high score. But I will also be giving it an eight point five. This is by far the best decom we've had so far. The music's really fun. It's really camp. It doesn't take itself seriously. There are issues like you know. What plot is there is re- is like pretty bumpy. There's a lot of it, but it's all relatively weak. But it is character-based development plot, which is always nice to have. It's a feel-good film about enjoying your last high school summer, so it's quite relatable. It makes you quite nostalgic about high school summers, as, we, as we've just discussed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the characters are so much better in this one than in the previous one. Um, so it's such a step up from High School Musical 1 in every respect like the direction we are not even talked about the direction but oh my god it's just so, good. so much good. better the camera works so much better the choreography so much more complicated and so much more fun um, the script's not particularly tight but the characters have funny moments together so that's nice so yeah overall really strong solid film that I would definitely watch again I do think actually yeah, there, there, there really is no doubt that this is the best one we've watched so far the best mm-hmm. decom we've watched so far um, I agree Um this has gone up a little bit in my estimations, actually. Um, seven and a half for me. Um, it's broken through the seven seal. Have um, you not rated anything over a seven? Uh, nope, not so far, no. Not even half. Cheetah Girls 1. Well, <laughs> you know me. No. Well, when it's Spain. No, I think that this is a much, immediately, it is a much bigger, much tighter, much more fun production. Um, I think it does have problems. I think some of the acting's a bit hammy, and I think that... As much as it needs a plot, I think the plot that we get is a bit too much, and I feel like it has to do a lot of work to kind of wrestle everything back to the point that it wants to get to. Um, but I think in terms... I think this, even though this is the longest of all the decoms that we've watched so far, this is the one, I think, that if so far I was thinking, hmm, what to throw on? Yeah. Go, yeah, it, yeah. let it this run. Is, this, this is, is one... Yeah. Apart from maybe Cowbells, this is the only one so far where I could see myself at some point in the future actually going like, you know, I fancy watching. I'll throw that on. I can't believe you'll watch Cowbells again. I just, I just, something about it that I just thought was really interesting. It was fun and kind of interesting, but I wouldn't watch it again. But this one, totally, I totally would watch this again. Totally, Mm -hmm. yeah. This is the kind of soundtrack I would stick on in the car when I'm on a drive. I'm I'm probably going to listen to this while I'm working tomorrow now. (laughs) What do you think of this overall, though? You guys know what I think. (laughs) Well, I don't need score. This is the most enjoyable decom so far. Wait for Possibly Camp Rock. ever. Yeah. Wait for Camp Rock. See then, what then that's I'll next. Is that next? Oh, <laughs> I'm for a treat there. <laughs> um, no, I think this is this is the most enjoyable high school musical film for sure. The soundtrack's amazing. I have no faults really for the soundtrack. The plot's fine. It's all just just good. I, I feel like I have no no issues. And the weak spots, you just don't care. About, yeah, I don't care about happen, anything. I don't care about how rubbish the plot is or like 
how annoying Gabriella is because the rest of it's really fun. So I think this is going to be a 10. It's happened. <laughs> it took so long for this season to get one. It's happened. Yeah. Just a reference, Rob. What did Noel give Return of the King? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I actually no, think that is totally well deserved. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Especially, yeah, combined with the nostalgia factor, if this was like a childhood favourite of mine, which I did like it when I did watch it back in the day, but also a really solid film. It's like how Ratatouille gets a 10 from me as well, you know? Yeah, it's oh, one of those. That's a lovely thing yeah. to finish up. An underdog. We've also, by the way, mentioned quite a few films in this uh, podcast tonight that we're never ever going to watch, and I just want to mention that I love Princess and the Frog. Amazing film, which I only recently realised how good it was. Well, you watched it recently. I, I, I think it's okay. I think I quite enjoyed it. I love it. it. Uh, soundtrack's amazing on the Almost there is in my regular there. rotation. Good, yeah. Good. Right. I love you and Livia very much, though. So. <laughs> Next time, it's Camp Rock with my babes, the Jonas Brothers. Aww. We love it. Quite looking forward to that one. So good. <laughs> I know nothing about it. <laughs> is it called Camp because it's set at a camp or Camp because it's like. Super camp. It's set as a camp, at a camp, but oh, it that's is disappointing. It's mildly camp. It's not that. It's not super camp. It's not High School Musical two camp. No, nothing. Yeah, we've been spoiled there to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, okay. see you next we'll time. We'll see you then. Bye bye.